Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchi and my co-host, as usual, Brian Johnson. Hello. What's up, Charch? Happy spring. Yeah, it's, it feels like it here in Minnesota. 40-degree temperatures. We're looking at 60s next week, which is really abnormal and also delightful. Certainly Going take that. Going to the supermarket in my Speedo on Yeah, Tuesday. well, you're not alone. I see people in shorts all the time. It's yeah. 40. Today is 40 degrees. People are out in shorts and T-shirts jogging. That's God love them. One of the most Minnesotan things ever, but I'm usually an active participant in that as well, even though yes. I'm not wearing shorts at the moment. No, you're not. Uh, you are wearing clothes. I'm happy to say. Free agency is looming. Free the the new year starts March 17th, so that's when free agency hits. We're going to get in a couple of free agency related shows between now and then, Brian. Today we look at fantasy relevant quarterbacks and running backs who are going to hit the market. And uh, next week, we will turn our attention to wide receivers and tight ends. Sounds good. Yeah. And so the premise here is basically, here are the notable guys that you're, you're, you would ever even care about. And a quick, very fast sort of recap on last year, but really more looking forward to next year and where we had ideal landing spots, where they could go, what their value might be. Does it go up or down from what it has been? Um, in a couple of cases, do you want to act now in Dynasty and Empire Leagues before the player actually moves because the value, if the value is going to go up on the player after he, after he's got a new home, you want to make that deal now. Yeah. 
And a lot of times, just excitement around the player when he moves, cha- when he changes teams. It's the time to, uh, yeah, either buy low or sell high, depending on the guy. Mm-hmm. Depending on the guy. So let's start at the quarterback position. I think there are there are a bunch of teams with landing spots, but let me just let me just give you my list of teams that I think make sense as landing spots for just for just these are just teams looking for quarterback out. Right. Potentially your former team, the Giants. Yeah. The Saints, Denver, New England, Philadelphia, Chicago, Washington. I think those are all teams that could make a make a big move. The Giants are a little bit tricky because it, it's so hard to evaluate Daniel Jones, but the productivity yeah. hasn't been there. Gettleman's way too married to him, in my opinion, to uh, to make, make a move. move. We'll maybe, see. Hopefully, maybe. once they fire him, hopefully in twenty twenty two, make a move at quarterback. But uh, there's still hope. Dak Prescott. Let's start yeah. with him. Probably the without I think without a doubt the biggest name free agent quarterback. And there's you know there's trade talks around. Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and others, but they're not free agents, and we're focusing on free agents. Yep. Let's talk Dak Prescott. Yeah, Dak turns 28 uh, in July, entering the, the prime of his prime, career, yeah. essentially. Uh, as most should remember, just on a ridiculous pace last season. Only really played four full games, got hurt in, his, in the fifth game. Yeah. Uh, but if you extrapolate just those four full games over a, a 16-game season, he would have finished, finished with 6,760 passing yards. And just for reference, Deshaun Watson led the NFL with 4,800 <laughs> yeah, right. passing. Right. Yeah. Uh, so not to say you had to hit that number, but Dak looked great. He, he's got all the tools in his bag. He can throw. He can run. Uh, uh, we, we assume he can still run. Yeah, he, he's trending towards being ready for training camp for whatever mm-hmm. team uh, he, he ends up on. Uh, he wants to be the second highest quarterback, second uh, highest paid pay. quarterback yeah. uh, behind Patrick Mahomes. Uh, should he be is the question. Uh, we'll find out. But uh, word out of... Word out of Dallas, uh, who can still franchise tag him, by the way. Uh, it's trending towards re-signing him. Um, Dallas Morning News' Calvin Watkins reports uh, talks with Dak uh, last Tuesday, just a few days ago, were more productive than they've ever been. Uh, Jane Slater says Dak's been at the facility nearly every day rehabbing, so it's leaning towards he'll be with the Cowboys one way or the other, whether it's a franchise tag or a long-term deal. But just for fun, if, he, if Dallas lets him walk, which it seems hard to believe they just let him go and get yeah. nothing in return. I, but I think the 49ers is a very intriguing landing oh, spot. God. And they've got the cap space, it seems, to sign him. And that would that would make them immediate NFC, NFC favorites, favorites. Yeah. if not the whole favorites. NFL. So, right. yep. And uh, when it comes to Dak's di- uh, redraft value, right about now he's going off the board. Quarterback seven. Uh, it's very early, obviously. But uh, obvious guys, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Not so obvious, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. Depending on where Dak ends up and where Deshaun Watson ends up, I I think he's a little undervalued at quarterback seven right now. I think I'd rather take my chances with Dak if he stays on the Cowboys or goes somewhere else over uh, Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. So I think Dak, if you're going to get in early best ball drafts, I think Dak's a little undervalued in the guy I'd be targeting right now. Yeah, I think think there's something to that. The the concern is around the ankle, and is Mm -hmm. he ready week one? I mean, if you're drafting now in a best ball – um, you know, fortunately, it's best ball. Whoever your second quarterback is will end up getting some, you know, if he doesn't play the first month of the season or whatever, you'll end up getting somebody else. But I think that's the, you know, that's the concern. But I, do I share that concern? Not really. And and his ranking, his dynasty appeal, pretty much the same as in redraft. He's certainly ahead of Aaron Rodgers, who I'd probably take Rodgers over Dak yeah. in redraft, but definitely yep. not dynasty. For sure. But, uh, yeah, he's right after Mahomes. You could argue he's the... the, the QB two with the Josh right. Allen's right. and the even Justin Herberts in that convo right now and uh, so yeah. 
All right, I, let's go to, and this is a short list of quarterbacks who matter. Ryan Fitzpatrick, a big drop-off from Dak Prescott. In Looking back at last season, in the games, he his full games, he came in at roughly quarterback 18 in points per game, and I thought he was going to be a little higher. He had two scoreless games that hurt. He had five multiple touchdown games that helped, ran in a couple of touchdowns, but as people know, eventually he just got benched for Tua, and Miami just decided... Even though Tua's not the best quarterback, and they benched Tua a couple of times, we're sticking it out with Tua stubbornly to the point that it cost him a playoff spot. Yeah, that was really dumb. That was really dumb. And Fitzpatrick was, I think, I mean, assuming you're playing, you know, every team's goal is to get to the Super Bowl. You can't get to the Super Bowl. Here, Here's Miami steaming into Week 17. They need to have a win in Week 17. Fitzpatrick just bailed them out in Week 16 when he took over for Tua, generates a win. And then they went right back to Tua Lost. So I still think there's game left in Ryan Fitzpatrick's arm, but the only place that he can go that that really creates much fantasy value here is if he goes to a ready-to-win team. He goes to the Saints. He goes to Washington. If he goes to Chicago, those are some ready-to-win places for him. Yeah, I don't necessarily love the receivers and all those teams, but you know, in some cases they're okay. I just don't think he goes it. I, if he's a backup, if he goes anywhere else, I heard a little noise about uh, Denver as a possibility too. And I, mm-hmm. you'd like to think he could uh, take over the job from Drew Locke. And, yeah, potentially. And, and they got some enticing receivers in Denver, especially with Cortland Sutton making oh, yeah. a healthy return. I, that would be a nice spot yeah. for him there. You know, like Drew Locke, those two, two, those two have in common is they will throw bad passes, and then the next series they don't care. Yep. They just seem unaffected by bad play, and then they just come out and keep slinging, and I love that. I remember I, there was a quote I used on an in-season show. It was Drew Locke, and he was just like, 80% of, once the ball leaves my hands, I'm just like, oh, no, what have I done? There was something, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he was like, you said that to the, the media? Uh, I love or it. Or to even your, your friend, best friend in private? But yes. He said it to the media. But. Um, Fitzpatrick, at his advanced age, obviously has minimal dynasty value, and his redraft value, honestly, is is pretty limited as well. I think he's he's unlikely to... I just think he's unlikely to go to a team where he's the uncontested starter yeah. unless something goes horribly wrong. Really, the best thing Stu Beard should do is don't sign with anybody until training camp and then wait for your Teddy Bridgewater moment where, you know, somebody in training camp goes down and is going to, you know, some team some team needs a starter who can walk in the door and take over immediately like the Vikings had to pivot to Sam Bradford that year. Right. That's I think that's the scenario for Ryan Fitzpatrick, the best scenario for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He at least wants to wait until after the draft so he doesn't have to go through another Tua situation. Yeah, right. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> a highly picked quarterback. Yep. Uh, the only other notable free agent to me is Cam Newton. I think, sure. he, was, I think he was benched four times in one season. I mean, think about how far he's fallen from Super Bowl quarterback to a guy who got Benched for Jarrett Stidham yeah. four times in one season. Oh, yeah. Cam uh, turns thirty-two in May, and last season all of his value was running, running the ball. Uh, he's, he's essentially Taysom Hill. M- might be Taysom Hill White even yeah. at this point. He in is. His he's not nearly as good a runner at this stage. The, the passing touchdown total mind-boggling. Uh, eight passing touchdowns, three hundred sixty-eight pass attempts, which is a fair amount. And just for reference. Eight passing touchdowns, 396. Lamar Jackson had 376 attempts, 26 passing touchdowns. Eight Gardner passing- Minshew had 327 attempts, 50 fewer roughly, 16 passing touchdowns. Drew Brees, 390, only 
22 more. He had 24 touchdowns. The inefficiency throwing touchdowns, I can't explain it. It's, he missed one game. He had bad receivers. We'll give him that. Yeah, and, and people and, point, point to that all the time, right? but I don't care. No, yeah. If you play 15 games, you start 15 games in today's NFL. Throwing eight touchdown passes is ludicrously bad, mind-bogglingly bad. Now, he salvaged some fantasy value with his running, and the catch was, when he didn't, you got nothing. And so, like, in a guillotine format, he was a disaster because every other game, he would not get you a rushing touchdown. He would not get 30 or 40 yards rushing. And you got nothing from your quarterback, and now you're getting chopped. Yeah, he he was a daily play, for sure. You're just trying to to hit the right hit. Ride the the wave in the right week. And when it comes to landing spot, you said with Fitzpatrick, something injury or something has to go horribly wrong with the starter. For for, It's even more so with Cam. Agreed. It's kind of if someone wants to run a – a Saints-like offense with a Taysom Hill player deep in the red zone or inside the 20. That's really it. And I don't really know. Cam's a backup be. this year. Yeah, he's if he's in the league at all, he's a backup. And he'll probably be in the league. You said, like, the Giants. That would be an intriguing landing spot for Cam, I think. He could beat out Daniel Jones, I think, probably. I he can't. Yeah. He can't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think he can. And, I, and I'm not, we're not even going to talk redraft dynasty value because there is none. Okay. Let's go to running backs. Way more interesting. The, um, the teams that I think are landing spots for pretty much any free agent running back, I believe, are Houston. And they just re signed David Johnson, but David Johnson's a wobbly starter. Atlanta, Seattle, depending on what they decide to do with Chris Carson, mm-hmm. San Francisco with their constant rotating backs, who all of them always heard all of that. Miami, Miles Gaskin is a capable back. Green Bay, because all they've got two of their three starters or two of their three hydrant-headed backs or free agents. We'll talk about them in a minute. Green Bay, I mentioned. Uh, Arizona, they've got Kenyon Drake headed to free agency. New York Jets, they lost Le'Veon Bell, basically replaced him with nothing. And Tampa Bay is a possible landing spot. You know, Leonard Fournette's a free agent. We're going to talk about him a little bit later. But let's start with the Packers situation with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. You know, when we look back to last year, it certainly feels like Jamal Williams had been vulturing a lot of work from Aaron Jones. And I thought, let's dig into the data and, and just see how that really shook out. Jones only had 201 carries last year, which means he was far from a workhorse. But 201 carries was still the 10th most of any back last year, Hmm. which is, you know, not bad. Top 10 for carries and the sixth most receptions of any back last year. So he really did end up with the ball enough times in his hands to have a successful season. And he did score well. Williams, for his part, had almost exactly half of Jones's workload. So it was really a two third, one third for those guys for most of the season. A.J. Uh, Dillon started getting a little worse. Yeah, at the very end of the season, right. Now, people view Williams as being nearly as good as Jones, but not to my eyes. I think Jones is like a 9 out of 10 back. I agree. He's really good. And Williams is good, and I think he's tangibly better than average, but he's like a 6 out of 10. He's he's a good back. That's it. And Jones averaged 5.5 yards per carry. Williams averaged 4.2 yards per carry, which I think says plenty about both of those guys. So where could... Aaron Jones especially go that would put him in a great spot. Well, honestly, I'd like to keep him in Green Bay. I mean, every first choice is I like to keep him in offense where he's been very successful. He's been a top five running back for fantasy points the last two years. So I'd like to keep him there. If he can't go there, I want him to go to a team where he can be the focus of that offense. 
which he's never been in Green Bay. Where could he go to be a workhorse? How about Atlanta? Nobody's standing in his way in Atlanta. Seattle, if they let Chris Carson go, Seattle likes to use a workhorse back. Mm -hmm. That would be Aaron Jones. Pittsburgh. That whole that whole running back situation is totally up in the air. Yeah. And he could walk in there and be by far the best back. He'd get almost all the work. And the Steelers almost always use a workhorse back when they can. And they haven't always been able to do that with James Conner, who's going to be gone. And then uh, the New York Jets. So for the Jets, uh, it's a, obviously a terrible team. Uh, offensive line got a little bit better last year, but it's still, you know, it'd be he'd be the workhorse back, but that's it. I think the redraft value for Aaron Jones in one of those workhorse landing spots puts him right back in the first round of fantasy right. drafts. We just did our kind of first two-round way-too-early mock. Yep. We had Jones early, early second. second but early yeah. second round. We don't really right. know where he's going to end up. But yeah, Pittsburgh it, or and right. most of those places faults him into the, the first round. Now, if he's a shared back, I think he's still like a second or third rounder in a shared backfield because he'd still be the better of the, whatever back he gets teamed up with, and he'd still get a lot of work. And his dynasty value, I think, remains very high for Aaron Jones. He's been modestly used. He's only 26 years old. He's got another three or four good years left in him, which is, you know, for a running back, it's pretty good. Now, say he goes to Pittsburgh yeah, uh, or the Jets, who, who are two teams that are sort of, there's talk that they'll, go high at running back in the draft and grab a Najee Harris or a Travis Etienne. If they sign Aaron Jones before the draft, I think that tips their hands that yeah, they won't go. They're not going to go running or, back. Or would they? Go? I hope not. Yeah, not that not, early. Yeah. Not early enough to get those guys, right. I don't think. I agree. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Chris Carson. You know, right. we've alluded to him a couple of times now. And where, what do you feel like is the prospects of him staying in Seattle. And, and as I remember back in the season, you know, he, he battled injury a lot yeah, and played through some injury, but still he just, he, it never felt like it was all clicking for him last year. Oh yeah. Only played in 12 games, but finished 14th in a PPR points per game among, among running backs. Pretty impressive considering he had eight or less carries in four of those 12 games. Yeah. Uh, and he's just, whenever he's, been healthy and they give him significant touches. He looks great. And yeah. Seattle's had a pretty bad offensive line for the most for, of his, his tenure. whole career. Yeah. And Russell uh, Wilson's, which is why he's pissed off. Yeah. Uh, Carson, a career 4.5 yards per carry uh, since the start of 2018. And this is regular season games only. Uh, here are the most rushing yards among, uh, well, not running backs, football players, because Lamar Jackson makes this list, but it's oh, Derrick wow. Henry yep. uh, with 4,600 roughly. This is the last three years? Uh, yeah, last okay. three years, right. since 2018. Derrick Henry with 4,600, Zeke around 3,800, Dalvin Cook 3,300, then Chris Carson clocks in just over 3,000. Wow, how about that? And he's he's missed... He missed four games this year, and he's probably missed four games between... Yeah, every year, it seems like. Not every year. I, I, he was like 14 and 15 games played, the yeah. two, but still, that's uh, crazy impressive. So, love him as a player. and I like him as a player more than most people do, yeah, too. I think he's a. I think Carson is quietly a very good back. And and really, the, the landing spots, the potential ones, are, are, are all the same as uh, the ones you mentioned yeah. for Aaron Jones, uh, Miami, maybe Atlanta. I think San Francisco would love to have him, not only for his abilities but his intel that he has yeah. for the Seahawks <laughs> yeah, right maybe. and uh when it comes to redraft looking right now he's going r- around RB20 oh, which geez. seems pretty low after guys like uh Clyde Edwards Alaire who no one is sold on at the moment Joe Mixon who yeah Josh Jacobs who seems to always be getting in off the field trouble now oh, and, and hurt and hurt so Chris Carson at RB20 is an insane value and he's probably going even later in dynasty formats he turns 27 
Uh, let me see when I got it written down in September. So that's okay. pretty good. I mean, he's got a good, you know, two, three, three good more years yeah, at least three in, three him years too. in yeah. the tank. So yeah. uh, I think he's really undervalued in both formats and a guy I'll be keeping my eye on, especially uh, once we find out where he ends up. We will continue our conversation about the free agent running backs, the best landing spots, what to expect, the value going up, down when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly in just a moment. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Brian Johnson with you. We are going through the free agent running backs that are headed to market here in about two weeks. There's some big, big names. This is one of the biggest free agent running back crops we've ever seen. And the fact that these teams are all squeezed for money Mm -hmm. means that... The, many of them are not going to resign with their original teams, and they're going to be out duking it out, trying to find decent deals. And I don't think anybody's going to get an Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook style contract like those guys were able to negotiate no. from their teams at, in the early part of the regular season this past year. Let's go to uh, Mike Davis. We've got some other bigger names coming, but for Davis, he improbably finished last year as running back 17, and he was a solid RB2 in PPR leagues really all season long. And what was most impressive about his season is the Panthers did not shy away from using Mike Davis almost exactly like they used Christian McCaffrey. Now, Davis did wear down at the end of the year, and his productivity slipped, and we saw a lot more of guys like Rodney Smith, but... Still, it was a it was a good showing for him, and I think he's going to find himself someplace where Mike Davis can be in a timeshare 
and can be a number two in a one-two split, getting like 40% of the carries. Yeah, he was essentially kicked to the curb by Seattle and the Bears, I believe. And yet, when yeah. he took over for McCaffrey, you're like, this is going to be a disaster. But yeah, he was a, a very he, he viable RB2. He was. What do you think about this? Houston just cut Duke Johnson. He could walk right into that role. Duke Johnson was a pass-catching number two back. Um, and... Davis is every good, if not better, as a, as a pass catcher, yeah. and he's just a better runner than Duke Johnson ever was. Yeah, that'd be a great spot. For him. I think that's a perfect fit for him. Now, as a, there are other spots too where he could go into a rotation of backs, like Tampa Bay's could be a rotation of backs, Arizona could be a rotation of backs, Miami with Gaskin could be a rotation, San Francisco always uses a rotation. I think he's going to fit in there, and from a redraft standpoint, my Davis is is a late round dart throw handcuff kind of yeah. guy. Um, I don't think you're going to have to put any real equity into him. And from a dynasty value standpoint, it's very low. He's sneaky old, actually, at 28 years old. because He he was on rosters, but got very little work in the early days. The only good thing is he's low mileage because last year was the only year where he really got much work. Unless it's an an insanely deep league, though. He's a guy you're you're cutting in your rookie draft to to draft. To draft somebody else. A brand new shiny It depends a little bit on where he goes, you know, in the right right system. Um, For example, if Tampa Bay lets Leonard Fournette walk, and they might, I don't think so, but they might. Um, and he walks into that spot. Well, we know he's going to get a certain number. Mike Davis is, at that point, still rosterable mm-hmm. in a one-two punch in Tampa Bay. Let's go to Kenyon Drake. I think there's one of the more fascinating uh, angles. Chase Edmonds looks like he could be sitting on what will ultimately be a, a starter's workload here. But talk to us a little bit about Kenyon Drake, Brian. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury recently said he thinks Chase Edmonds could be their starter, so that kind of mm-hmm. seems like Drake is on his way out. Yep. Arguably, among players who played the majority of the season, Drake played 15 games, which I thought he was only like 12 or 13 games, but he played 15 games because all those games are very forgettable. Easily one of the biggest busts when it comes to yeah. running back position because he was, a, if not a late first-round pick in some leagues, a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, just turned 27 a couple months ago. So he's got a, a few years left to uh, kind of. He's got a lot of tread on his tires. I don't know how his tires are like in the discount section of Costco, <laughs> though. Uh, uh, he finished twenty fourth in PPR points per game last year. Not great. Uh, he only topped fifteen receiving yards once all season. Wow, gross! Zero zero receiving touchdowns. Yeah, Edmonds really t- took a lot of that work. And uh, the, the more there's more badness in uh, the underlying stats. Drake was roughly 30th in forced missed tackles per attempt and yards after contact Duh. per attempt. So, not a very sexy name in the free agent market. Potential landing spots. It's going to be one of one of these teams that doesn't have a ton of cap room, and one that mm-hmm. kind of makes sense to me if Chris Carson leaves is Seattle. Because again, they I think they've got like four million something like that in mm-hmm. cap space and. And they kind of wanted. They usually run a platoon unless they have a, a superstar running back, which which they well, haven't really had since. I mean, they had Lynch, who they ran extensively, Lynch, obviously. Right, and that, but Carson was, when, he was a, when Carson was healthy. They usually went with uh, workhorse Chris right. Carson. But if Carson leaves, I don't think they have that back in Rashad Penny. So no. he could find his way into plat- in a platoon situation. And again, uh, Seattle would like some uh, inside intel from um, from the Cardinals' perspective. I'm not, it's not a major factor, but no, it's not. Uh, another like the Jets 
maybe seem like a place Drake could go, but he'd probably end up competing with a somebody. A, a, I think the Jets draft a rookie, a running back, pretty high. high in the draft. So, uh, yeah, but no one really cares all that much where Kenyon Drake ends up. He could turn out to be a uh, an insane value. He's definitely not going back to going back to Miami. I doubt that, right? No, but, uh, I, I don't think so either. But redraft value and dynasty value really. None right now. He's kind of the same as Mike Davis almost. Maybe a little flashier than Mike Davis. But yeah, not a lot. I as of right think, now, you're the, not drafting Drake in maybe the last round or two in a best ball. But yeah, if I've got if I if I've got Drake on my dynasty roster, I consider that to be, you know, I certainly don't have a, a starter for next year. I gotta I gotta he's just uh, I gotta hope that there's some magic that happens and something breaks his way. And again, it's, count on it's really early, and I'm using uh, Fantasy Football Calculator, and they have Drake as the 25th running back right now. But Off no the way. board? Yeah. Really? Getting drafted that high? Yeah, but there's no way. Uh, oh. that, that's before David Johnson, even Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, even who I would, I'd rather yeah, this, have. Melvin AJ Gordon. Dillon. I turned this up on Melvin Gordon this week, and I tweeted it. Uh, you can please follow me at Paul Charchian. Melvin Gordon was top 12 among all running backs in attempts, rushing yards, uh, fantasy points, and uh, it might have been yards per carry. I don't. I'm trying to remember. I mean, it was. It, she was. He was shockingly. He was shockingly effective. Philip Lindsay's always been my guy, and I, I love Philip Lindsay. But Lindsay did nothing, and he was playing hurt half of the season. And it it ended up being Melvin a good season for Melvin Gordon. Let's go to James Conner, free agent James Conner. It's uh, if we recap last year, I think the best thing we can say is that. He never yielded the starting role to Benny Snell or Anthony McFarland, and there isn't much better to say about it than that. It seemed mostly just Snell and McFarland didn't want the job no. more than James Conner protected the job because I thought he looked hopelessly mundane throughout the year. He started the year with a couple of good games early on. He never topped 89 yards after week six. His average game after week six for James Conner, 12 carries, 43 rushing yards and 0.3 touchdowns per game. Blick. Awful. Awful. He Pittsburgh will not keep him. He can't be a workhorse. He is too frail. He is not good enough. And he's, I think, the only place where he has any fantasy value is if he finds his way into a timeshare someplace, which puts him back into the conversation of other teams we've already talked about as timeshare destinations like Houston, like San Francisco, Miami, Arizona, Tampa. I think those are your, your timeshare destinations for James Conner where you'd have any value. It, I think the redraft value on James Conner is extremely low. I I don't trust him to be fantasy rosterable even next year. And his dynasty value is, is even lower because I, I don't see him I don't see any reason why James Conner gets better in the future. To quickly circle back to Pittsburgh and specifically Aaron Jones, uh, Ben Roethlisberger recently restructured his his contract yeah. to free up some money. So that feels like the Aaron Jones landing spot. Maybe. I they got to figure out their offensive I, line, I meant too. To mention they got problems all over the place. But, yes, yes, that's part of it. Juju Smith-Schuster is going to walk uh, there as well, as predicted on this show at this time last year and all offseason. Let's talk about Todd Gurley, free agent Todd Gurley. You know, he signed that one-year prove-it deal with the Falcons and promptly proved that you can't trust Todd Gurley. Yeah, did not prove much, even though he had uh, nine rushing touchdowns, but eight of those came from inside the 10-yard line. That's where he got 
all of his production. Yeah. It was and, the uh, easy scores, yeah. Because it was a very good offense, so they were they were inside the 10 plenty of times. But Gurley finished 23rd among running backs in total PPR points, but 32nd in points per game, which is yeah. just awful. Uh, averaged just 3.5 yards per carry. He only averaged 3.8 yards per carry in 2019, so he's trending way down. Uh, turns 27 in August, but that's like the oldest 27. It feels that way, doesn't it? <laughs> History and uh, and like Drake Gurley was roughly thirtieth in yards after contact per attempt. Just got like no wiggle left. No, the Jets are gone. Uh, the the knee injury is a lifetime knee injury thing for him, and will probably never get better. So potential landing spots. I'm thinking uh, if the XFL gets. Back oh, up and running again. Ow. What about the fan controlled football? I league? have that in my notes there right here. Go. Or the fan FCF, Have baby. you watched that, by the way? No, and I love it. I love conceptually, I love it, but I haven't watched it yet. I watched the first week. It, it was entertaining, but they set the bar too high with putting Marshawn Lynch in the booth because the entertainment value of that was just. I would go back and YouTube just Marshawn Lynch because it, it's, it's on Twitch, so it's like totally yeah. unfiltered. Any, yeah, right. Anything goes. That was like, but it it, it was pretty good. But I, I admittedly didn't go back. I don't. I'm, I'm sure they've. Their I stock love is the dip- notion that fans call the plays. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I, I didn't partake in that. I, I wish I Should've. figured that. I know. I, I didn't uh, like sign up for an account or whatever. But I don't. know. People are still buying into the teams. Like famous. I think Dalvin I Cook is a, a no winner in a team now. And uh, they are. They've got a bunch of Silicon Valley uh, yeah. investors behind them and there's there's some there is some legitimate momentum with the fcs the biggest the mistake they've made which is replicating the exact mistake the xfl made and the aaf made they're starting their season right at the end of the nfl season we've just got done of six months of football people need a break from football started in the summer when we're hungry for football again why these leagues keep replicating the exact same mistake timing is everything Fools, right. and no no value in fantasy for Gurley. He's he's going to get paid the the minimum for whatever his yeah. tenure is. You know, I think he's a veteran minimum guy uh, on some roster next year. He is one of the uh, all time Cliff Faller offers at running back. He led all fantasy backs in scoring in 2017 and 2018. Two seasons later, totally irrelevant. One of the biggest whiffs if you didn't sell high at that point. On yeah, him, you could have named your price on, yep. on him um, after the 2018 season. And now you're holding the bag if you're even still holding him. Yeah, this is, you know, this is all about do the opposite. You just, you know, these running backs just that when the end comes, it comes violently yep. for these running backs. All right, Leonard Fournette's the last of the free agent running backs we'll discuss. And again, next week, wide receivers and tight ends. If we recap his 2020 season, it basically goes like this. He was almost impossible to start in the regular season. He was only averaging eight fantasy points per game in ESPN scoring. And in many cases, on a week-to-week basis, you had no idea what was coming. Even if he got to 10 touches last week, the next week, three touches. And you couldn't know because Bruce Arians does this with his running backs all the time. Then, Ronald Jones gets hurt in Week 17. And... Then Fournette's got free run for those first couple of games where he's going to get all the workload, and he looked good doing it. And then in the final two games, final two playoff games, he was just the better guy than Jones, and he got most of the work. Playoff Lenny. He he went from eight fantasy points per game to 17 fantasy points per game. And I, I, to my eyes, I thought Fournette looked just okay. For if I take the whole balance of the season and the playoffs, I think he just looked okay. That's it. The worst part about. 
that whole situation in the regular season was week X. The tea leaves said Ronald yes, Jones got, week. Got, then it was Leonard Fournette. It was the complete opposite. Just no. like, oh. That was Bruce killer. Arians just messing with people, yep. fantasy owners, the opposing teams, whatever. Now, to me, I don't have really an ideal landing spot for Leonard Fournette, except I don't think he's a workhorse back, and I think he would fail as a workhorse back. So I want him to, to flop into one of our timeshare roles like the kind he just had. But I want him away from Bruce Arians because this is too frustrating. If I'm a Leonard Fournette dynasty or Empire League owner, I just want him out of Tampa because I can't trust him there because I can't trust Bruce Arians week to week. I just want him to go somewhere else. Go to Houston. I got, I got him on a team, and that is how I feel. Yeah, that's I would like him Tampa. to be somewhere else. I think he has middling redraft value, middling dynasty value. Um, but is a guy you keep on roster? Yeah, I don't think you're. I don't think no. you're just straight out cutting. At least not, not, not right now. Not until no. at least after that, the we NFL know where draft. he's going to land. Where he's going to land. ends up somewhere. Yeah, yep, exactly, exactly. I I don't think he's going to be highly paid, and I think he's going to fall into this. So everybody's expecting a bloodbath of veteran cuts coming because of the salary cap, and not just that the salary cap's going down, but because teams had planned their spending under the assumption that it was going to keep incrementing up, and so it's not even like teams were spending thinking it was going to be like the same, but they thought it was going to increment up. So they, you know, it's just teams are really, most teams are really in a pinch. And, and so I think there's going to be a lot of guys that fall into the category of Leonard Fournette that are serviceable backs. that are going to be, they're going to take the veteran minimum because that's all they're going to get. He was fourth overall when he was drafted. Fourth player overall. Running backs just don't go that high. Saquon Barkley was the, yeah. Probably the last Unless one you're we'll special. see. Yeah. You, know, you have to be. And but Fournette was not that special. He really. wasn't that special. He was I mean, good. Barkley but... was bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. He was so good in He college. still should not have been drafted that high. But yeah. Well, only because of the injuries, right? His rookie year was sensational. And that was the guy they drafted. And then two serious injuries later, we don't know what we got in Saquon Barkley. I just got to bash Gettleman whenever I can, you know. I know. You can't help yourself because he tore your heart out. I understand. <laughs> Uh, next week, as I mentioned, fantasy-relevant wide receivers and tight ends headed for free agency, and there's a bunch of those as well. One very close to my heart. Oh, you can't wait I'm to gonna, talk I'm going to start your, prepping I know. Right now. I'd it. I'm coming in hot. Yeah. Long-time, especially off-season listeners, can already guess who Brian Johnson is going to be advocating for. Uh, when we uh, when we have next week's podcast. Looking forward to that already. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week for more Fantasy Football Weekly. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 